Hey guys, what's going on? I forgot my microphone today, so I am just putting it in the pocket of my coat and hoping that works. What the fuck is me against my car? Oop, that's a bit tight. Sorry, just these previous owner put these weird wood panels just hanging against the, the side of our garage and when we uh you know wind blows a little bit they fall over and create stupid shit for us so what's going on so um today in module four technical um chapter two just touch judges and assistant referees now I really think if you haven't listened to it, go listen to my last podcast, which was on consistency, which is really not easy thing to do, and it's a great topic for, you need to understand what you're trying to achieve. Um, hang on one second. I'm close my door. Um, why does it sound like I'm freaking howling here? Must be pretty windy out. Um... This is important for you to figure out what you're trying to achieve beforehand. There was five instances that were given in that last podcast. And I think just really figuring out what you're trying to achieve and what your goal for consistency is, is important just as much as your explanations. Um, You need to have certain things set in stone um, because consistency is the most difficult thing to achieve. And if you can achieve that, fantastic. And most of the time, they'll be happy if you're fair. Because if you're consistent, you're fair. Right? It's difficult getting consistent, though, because there's a lot to break down. Um, so, touch judges and ARs. Um, so, throughout this, the, this resource, the terms match official and referee are used interchangeably. There are many instances where a referee... Reference to a referee can also mean a touch judge or an assistant referee. So... The team, the term team officials, officials concept has developed in a way which means that the touch judge has become a vital part of the game. Now, in my understanding, touch judge is someone who has not been trained in being an assistant referee. I could be wrong on that, but that's my kind of version of understanding it. If I have a touch judge, it's usually like somebody who's like, hey, I'd hand it to the... Um, one of the coaches and say, guys, I need a touchy. You know, and they're going to find me a touch judge. Um, hopefully somebody knows what they're doing, but usually if not, the basic things that I can rely on them for is touch, who touched the ball last, where did it go out, and the rest is up to me. You know? And if I, it's my job to overrule them, we are clearly in authority over them. Mainly they run up and down the touch lines... If it's a really, you know, decent game, I just encourage them to keep up with play as much as possible, make sure I've got a healthy specimen who can run, and um, we can go from there. Um, An assistant referee, though, has much more involved duties. Um, The basic thing for a touch you need to remember is it's basketball rules over the touchline now. Um, So, basically, if they jump from the field to play hit it and bounce it back in, feel the play, play on. They don't have to, like, jump from it, land, do it, and land back in the field to play. It's just, go ahead, you're good. Um, 
that's basically all I really tell my touch judges. So you guys, hey, keep up with play. Whenever the ball crosses the plane, pretend it's a big wall, the flag goes up there. Um, but um, basically the rule of thumb is the same. The same when you have more pairs of eyes who are on your team, it's very helpful. You do a better job. Um, understand the markings, you ground layout, and markings that you must be familiar with. Uh, touch lines. Duh! Uh, which are the 22 meter lines that's important to remember I mean I'll overrule you on that and I'll make my call but um, which are the goal lines which are the dead ball and touch in goal lines um, so laws applicable to touch judging now these might be outdated so I'm going to read through them kick directly into touch this is still very valid um the ball kicked directly into touch means the ball was kicked into touch without landing in the playing area and without touching a player or the referee. Makes sense. 22 is the area between the goal line and the 22 meter. Line of touch. Uh, line of touch. Uh, ball is in touch when not being carried by a player. And it touches the touch on anything or anyone on or beyond the touch line. The ball is in touch. In touch. So on and so forth. Um, so here's an outdated one. If a player jumps and catches the ball, both both feet must land in the playing area. Otherwise, the ball is in touch or in touch. Well, that's true. You still, if he catches, you know, they may knock the ball but not hold it, provided it is across the plane of touch. Slow down, Tim. You're going too fast for this area. Um, the throw in, a quick throw in. A player may take a quick throw in without waiting for a lineout to form. This is very, very helpful in sevens. If the ball has been touched by, or hang on. Um, if it has been touched by something or someone not who is not doing the quick throw-in. Okay, so if it's left the playing enclosure, if it's hit something, someone, they've grabbed a different ball, uh, ball is dead, there can be no quick throw-in. This is very helpful in sevens because sometimes players will a ball will be kicked, it'll go into touch, and the player will throw in right away. Now, this is important. Um, we're going this way. So for a quick throw-in in the player, for a quick throw-in, the player may be anywhere outside the field of play between the place where the ball went into touch and the player's goal line or the try line. So basically anywhere behind that, they can throw it in. Quick throw in the ball that went into touch must not be replaced by another another ball after it went into touch. It must not have been touched by anyone except the player who kicks the throw in. So spectators, referees, just it's a touch ball. It's dead. I got more stuff to work on and go through. That's fine. Um, and it's got a couple diagrams for where the throw in may take. Um, it's got to call it task one. Look at the six scenarios below. And determine well, how to react, touch, not in touch, whatever. Um, for the ARs and stuff like that, kicks at goal. Uh, what is a goal? A goal is scored by kicking the ball over the opponent's crossbar between the goal posts and from the field of play by either a place kick or a drop kick. 
If a ball touches the ground or a teammate of the kicker, it is not a goal. If the ball crosses the crossbar and the wind blows it back, it is still a goal. A conversion attempt may be charged by opposition players. If they touch the ball, but it continues over the crossbar, it is still a goal. A penalty kick may not be charged. Um, the opposition players may start their approach to charge down the conversion kick when the kicker has begun his approach to the ball. Now, usually players will get set and get ready, and they'll pause, and then they'll make an approach. Like Dan Carter, he takes a step backwards and then goes forward. I would consider that a part of his approach. Others would not. So, basic positions, play, and signals. Where do I stand? Where do I move to? And when? General play, a touch judge is on the touch line to which the ball is traveling is the leading touch judge. Touch judge is on the touch who is on the touch line from which the ball is traveling is the trailing touch judge. Both touch judges should remain either slightly ahead or slightly behind the play to avoid being taken out by a tackle. Now, leading and trailing is a common term. It's very effective. I, st- I use it all the time when I'm talking to ARs. If the ball is co- traveling towards you, you should not be focused on the ball. You should be focused on the player catching the ball or the next phase. Okay, the referee's job. I mean, obviously, you're, you're going to be keeping half an eye on the ball, but the main thing is you're looking for interference before or after the play. If it's trailing towards you, you're looking for the next phase. Okay, so you should be in line with the ball, kind of a little bit in front of it. Okay. Does that make sense? A little bit in front of it, looking for forward passes, looking for knock-ons, but also just kind of keeping your eyes slightly ahead of the next phase. Does that make sense? Hopefully that does. Trailing. Your job is to watch the play that is behind the ball, the previous ruck. The ball has been passed. You're making sure nobody drops an elbow on anybody. You're making sure that, you know, whatever's going on is ha- is, is clearing up. And that's your main job. So that's trailing. Um, as soon as you are sure the ball is in touch, raise your flag, even if the mark for the touch is some distance away. This is something that I tell every single touch judge, and they always forget it. They always like are sauntering over, have beer in hand, walk to the spot, and raise their flag like they've done their job effectively. I said, okay, first off, I need you to work. This is a fast-paced game. I'm here 10 seconds before you are. That's too fucking slow. So, coach, if you need to get me another touch judge, that's fine. Um, I always hate it. I hate it when they come in there and they act all, you know, self-machine and be like, yeah. If I'm there, ready to, like, be like, hurry up. Come on, dude. We're waiting for you. Um, It's too slow. Um, So, wherever you are, flag up. Red torch. In the case of if they're kicking for touch and they're inside the 50-meter... Oftentimes they're gonna pin, try to pin the line out as far close to the try line as they can. So if you are a touch judge and they're aiming for your sideline, I would go stand at the touch flag. You know, the other one's gonna mark the other touch or AR is gonna mark off 10 meters. I would go stand at the touch flag because that's kind of the crucial point. The touch flag is the you know if they go over that line, it's a 22 meter scrum at the spot. Like behind you. Essentially, you're another post. Basically, you're an invisible barrier at the flag that is going straight up and down. If they kick it behind you, 
if you're facing the field of play. If they kick it behind you, it's touching goal. And it's a scrum at the spot or a 22-meter drop, whatever they choose. Um, if it is in front of you, it is where the ball went into touch. It's kind of incredibly helpful for you to be there. Um, so you don't want the ball to go over your head and make a guess. You, you know, I learned that one a while back. That's a good tip. Um, this tells the referee that the, once your flag is up, this tells the referee that the ball is in touch and allows him or her to ready themselves for the next phase of play. For example, there could be a quick throw-in or a quick line-out. You and the referee have also also have to be alert for those quick throw-ins and also whether or not the ball has been touched only by the player is about to throw it in. It's kind of a good rule. It's kind of why the touch judge has to be, or AR has to be on point and right there. If they're not, then we're kind of screwed. If they just grab and throw the ball in, then, um, you know, play on. But if it touches somebody, you need to be like, you need to be shouting and communicating with the referee, touch ball, touch ball, keep your flag up so that they don't carry on. So there's a couple pictures here of like the scrum at midfield. Um, scrums and lineouts usually are, um, you can talk before, uh, one way of doing it on lineouts. Um, you've obviously got one touch judge who is flag up, his arm out to the raised um, side that is getting the throw in. Um, and the other, I, the other AR or touch judge always goes defensive. Now, one thing that I encourage my touchies and ARs to go through um, is they um, talk to your winger. Now, sometimes some center referees, where they are the boss in the situation, don't like you to talk to the players. But I think that you using your authority... If you are an assistant referee, if you're a touch judge, shut your mouth. Um, but if you're an assistant referee, I think that um, it's very important to... For me, at least, it's helpful for me because even if you kind of pull that refereeing voice saying, leave it, lads, you know, like something like that, it creates an impact. And I, it tells me as a center referee, if that's the case, um, that something's going on, but I've got it under control. If I don't, so I'm kind of listening for, you know, my voice again or your voice. And it tells me that you're sorting it. And if you need to, I'll hear my name called by that same voice. And the other players aren't going to shout, like, leave it alone, you know, something like that. Or they might, but, you know, it's a different tone of voice. Um, corner flag situations. Um, calls from the touch judge when play is close to the corner flag are a particularly important situation. We already talked about this a little bit. Um, they must be in the best position possible. The touch judge should be either slightly ahead of play or slightly behind it. Positions one and two, which is in goal, basically, along the touchline, or slightly behind the play, are both good positions for touch judge because being at an angle, it is possible to view both the player and the line. In position three, however, which is parallel with the runner, the touch judge is not able to observe both the touchline and the goal line with regard to the corner flag while running close and parallel to the player. Put yourself in the best position. Kickoffs, don't really care as long as you're going where the ball's going. Dropouts, um, the near touch side touch judge should be somewhere in close proximity to the 22 line ready to move in upfield. The far side judge should be near to the halfway line or maybe further upfield. Um, 
Yep. Penalties and free kicks. The close post. I gotta, I gotta hurry this up, but um, I gotta go to work. The close post to the kicker. Go right up onto the post. Look at the post. Far one, back up a little bit. You get the bigger perspective. And if it's drifting away from yours, I usually say yeah, yours. Um, flag is up if the ball is in touch. Um, flag is up if it's in goal. Um, line out is your arm out, and that's it. The next thing is working as a team of three, which I can talk about tomorrow. But that's the touchy and AR part one. Talk to you guys later. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Friday morning. Happy Friday to y'all. Unfortunately, I don't get to have game day tomorrow. As I'm living a life of dreariness. No, I'm kidding. Um, happy Friday, period. It's fucking cold. Um, there's not much rugby being played in our neck of the woods anyways. At least at this point in time. I am... It's just a, one of those cold, sharp mornings. You know what I mean? There's no precipitation. The sky is relatively clear. You can almost see the sun. But it's just like sharp is the word that I think of. And um, oh, please, I have to speed up because someone is... The problem is I live on like the downslope of a hill. So I check to see if anybody's coming over the hill before I enter the street and back into the street. However, it doesn't really matter because these people are flying over the hill at like 60, 65. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, within five seconds, they're on the downslope of the hill gaining traction and speed. And I'm like, shit, I'm at zero miles an hour. I have to throw it and drive and accelerate rather quickly. So it's kind of annoying. So I brushed over quickly over the last bit of um, touch search signals and we'll go back over that for a moment um, basically flag is up or flag is down okay ball is in touch flag is up ball is not in touch flag stays down shocking um, yeah I mean the main thing is you're communicating with the referee and this is again touch judge flag is up flag is down arm goes out to whoever gets the throw in on the line out that's really it. Um, you, is a touch judge, you're not really... Not that you're not trusted, but you're not... It doesn't look good if they rely on you. In a previous podcast, I talked about a, a situation where I trusted the touch judge. Did I think he was accurate? Yes. Did I get the call right? Probably. But could I have seen that? No. And what it looked like, it looked really bad because everybody looked at it and said, oh, you trusted this guy from the other team or the team who just scored or whatever it was. Now, I looked at the guy and I kind of just judged him as a whole person and he was like, that was a good try, you know. Yes, it was for the team that he was representing, but it just looked really shitty. So do your best. Try not to rely on touch judges unless it's like a really, like you thought, 90% that way anyways. And then back yourself and don't give them really don't give them credit because they're there to be a volunteer and it doesn't look good if you give them credit because then it just kind of says oh I'm trusting this random person so 
basically you get some people walking up and down the sidelines. Oh, sir, I thought this. I thought this. And it's, it leads to that. So do your best to trust your ARs. Um, listen to them, but understand that you are in a team of three. Um, talked about the posts. Your flag should remain raised if the thrower puts a foot in the field of play. Um, it remains it remains raised after instruction from the referee. Um, the team that is not entitled to throw in does so. A player takes a quick throw in, but a replacement ball has been used or the ball has been touched. So basically, the ball goes into touch, the flag goes up. It stays up if it's an illegal throw in. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, the next section. Working as a team of three or five if we're in sevens, which is crazy. Um, it's very fast. Now, let me give you my thought processes before. Should I do it this way? Give you my thought process before I read it or go into through the section and kind of... So basically, here's the gist of what I do. Depending on the team of three, I say, guys, look, here's the deal. The goal is to make me look good. That's the goal. The goal is for me to look omniscient. Now, depending on whether you have microphones or not, it's incredibly helpful to have microphones. I would recommend using it just for a communications point. If it's too much of a hassle, just rip it out and be like, we're done. We're just Whatever, we're back to normal. But it's best to err on the side of more information than not. But the goal is to make the center referee look omniscient, as if he can see and hear everything that's going on on the pitch. So the more subtle and, you know, unseen the ARs are, they want to have, they want to be seen. However, if it's subtly done and they just look like they're just holding the referee up and making him look good, that is the overarching goal. I hope that makes sense. That That's kind of really the, the whole, I mean, sometimes the center referee is an asshole. I'm sure that I am at times. I, um, but usually a, a sound center referee will work with you and do it towards the betterment of the game. Um, again, if you are an AR, your job is to make them look good. So it's whatever they want to do. Um, however, you are also a referee. Now, I heard this one story. I'll tell it at the end. It was, um, yeah, anyways. I, um... I don't know if that guy behind me is a cop. I don't think he is, but he's got a white SUV. He looks like a police officer. Um, you are not the referee. You are there to jump in if he goes down or whatever the situation is. Um, but basically, your number one job is um, to be a supporting role. Give him information that he can't possibly see. Um... So I say, guys, um, leading and trailing, ball's coming towards you, please be in front of the ball, be looking for forward passes, ball's going away from you, look at the breakdown behind that, that is just leaving. Leave the ball alone, I'm watching the ball, and just be aware of any shenanigans going on behind me, um, let me know at the next line out, um, just hey, hey, watch three blue, he's a little bit of, you know, he was a little frustrated the other day, so, or the other, the other ruck, so, just take a second and look at him. Okay, sounds good. That way I just know to keep an eye on them. A um, little bit of a tussle between, you know, to potential flashpoint is words that are 
used. Um, I like that just because it kind of says, hey, maybe, maybe not, but just keep an eye on them. Um, and you're looking for indiscriminate things like, you know, shoves off the ball. Um, they're getting up, you know, they shove each other. They, they have a word and say, you know, about the dress code or something like that. Um, or a bit of jawing, you know, after the tackle or whatever. Sometimes it escalates to nothing. Sometimes it's just guys, you know, measuring the inches on their dick. It's just, it's it's nothing usually. Um, but it can be things, so it's definitely noticeable to be like, all right, keep an eye on this guy. Um, leading trailing. Um, the big thing you want to remove is foul play. Anything foul play is the big, big point. Um because the game cannot continue for foul play. Now, my standard, again, this is just me, is if there is something that's foul play, it's going to be a cardable offense. It's going to be a dump tackle where he lands on his head. It's going to be something like that where it is a yellow card offense, at the very least, charge tackle, whatever. And that's when you put your flag out. Um, if we're doing that, I need three things from you, and these are very important because they need. I need. I need these three things to sell it. I need a number. I need a color, and I need the infraction if I didn't see it. Now, if I come to you and I've seen it, you put your flag out anyways. I still want to know that it's. You know, I want you. I want. It's just confirmation on my thought process. I had one instance where a guy went over into the breakdown guy went, it was just a basic ruck, one guy, blue and white, went into the breakdown, shoulder charge, you know, right into the breakdown, just no attempt to actually clean anybody out, just dangerous play, threw the flag out, and the referee blows the penalty, calls time off, comes over, and he says, all right, here's what I saw, I saw blue eight lead with his shoulder into the breakdown, didn't make contact with anything very dangerous, but it's reckless play, yellow card. Do you agree? So I sat there and was like, uh, yes. Okay. And that was the way the conversations are supposed to go. I had no idea that he directed it, like how they directed it that well, but it was just, it was brilliant because he was like, okay, I saw this, this, and this. Do you agree? Yes. Cool. See ya. Bye. And this was a very good, very good game, very solid, you know, schoolboys game. Um, and uh, that's how it should go. If the referee does not see anything, you better be damn sure. I mean, it is your job. I'm not saying you should second guess yourself, but I'm saying be clear and back yourself. In this situation, is an AR. It is common for ARs to kind of be like, "Oh, well, I'm not really the referee," or. I'm not really, you know, important here. No, you are important, and your experience as a referee is invaluable. So you have to have that perspective of, hey, I know what a yellow card is. I know what it's not. If it's a penalty, you know, it's a penalty. You know, use your mic, do what you can do. Tim, you know, whatever. I don't think you should call names, but whatever. But that's the difficult thing. You know, finding that balance between foul play and a penalty. Um, and if you don't have mics, it, sometimes it's like, hey, you got to put your flag up because it's really obvious and the fans are behind you and whatnot. But 
basically going through it. Sorry, I'm, I'm lagging. Attend the captain's chat. I like that. So when the referee's chatting with the captains, even if it's one minute, you guys stand there and look supportive. Don't interrupt the referee. The whole goal for you being there is to do a unified front and to say, look, I got two more sets of eyes. Uh, your primary role is to run touch and adjust, a judge kicks a goal. If qualified, which means you're an AR, to report foul play, to mark the offside line for set plays, penalties, and free kicks. Act as a backup timekeeper for the referee. That's about it. I mean, usually that's that's my conversation with them, saying, guys, is there any questions? Um, at the line-out, obviously, you know, the person on the side of touch is marking that. Um, if it's not five, leave the flag up. The rest is mine. And, um, and again, this is going to determine on your style as a center referee or as an AR. Um, I have had ARs who have said nothing the entire game. I have had ARs who tried to manage the game. And because uh, the thing is, like, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get ARs who think they know better than you. Not that they know better than you, but that they, they see things and they're very specific about the calls. And half the time, it's, and again, it's about making you look good. So it's like the thing is that as an AR, you kind of have to find that sweet spot of, when you speak up, you want your words to be golden. Side entry, blue six. I can blow that whistle and sell that penalty right now. You know? Like, I, for example, I had a, the, probably one of the bigger games that I did, and it was this schoolboys game, and kickoff on seven, in sevens. Kickoffs in sevens are always contestable. But they're never, I mean, rarely are they very clear and obvious. So there's a jump ball for it. Two guys go up. Ball gets tapped one way. Didn't get a clear picture of, like, an arm swinging or anything like that. You know, just ball gets tipped, gets carried, gets passed. My AR trips in. Knock on black. Now we're good. And I, that's my call. I viewed that as it wasn't clear and obvious. It wasn't, you know... Nobody was going to piss and moan if it didn't happen. The game is flowing, and we want a flowing game. Who wants to start a really exciting game with... Oh, well, I didn't really see a knock on there, but okay. No, you want the game to flow. You want the game to just relax and be like, hey, you, you want to enjoy the spectacle of the sport. You don't want to sit there and be like, okay... And I've definitely seen ARs or watched AR games where the AR is taking over the game and it's friggin' miserable. So don't do that. The, uh, so the story, this is my last bit. Um, the story I, I, I shared, oh, it didn't actually happen to me. I heard it secondhand, but I know the guy who did it. And he had just finished refereeing a game. It was like a first or seconds or whatever. And the first came on. And so the guy had his whistle in his pocket, which he usually should have. Um, and he, uh, something happened. I can't remember specifically what happened, but the dude put, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember specifically what happened, but it was just one of those things where something happened, and it was a penalty, and the guy had his whistle like around his neck or something like that, and he blew his whistle. And the moment he did it, he was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done this. It was just amazing to be like, oh, and the referee's sitting there being like, what the, f- what the what, dude? Like, what? So he blew his whistle and just kind of was like, oh, I, side entry, right there. And it's like, as an AR, it's like, oh, God, you know. But there have been worse blunders. I had one point where it was like, I was excited about the try, and it was a good try, and I just refereed a game, so I'm the touch judge, and I'm in goal, and I put the flag up because I was like, woo, try time. And then I was like, oh, shit. Everybody just saw that, and he came over, and I'm like, no, try is good. I'm sorry, I got excited. And he's like, that's okay, we can sell that. So, a bunch of stuff, but it, it's a good time. Yeah.